0: it's time to build your momentum to start off your new year right with our evidence-based psychology and yoga podcast delivered directly to your earbuds five days a week that's right we are going to be replaying 60 of our top episodes five days a week so we're going to be featuring expert insights practical tips that will help you achieve your mental and physical wellness goals From reducing anxiety and stress to improving your focus and concentration, the Wisdom for Wellbeing Momentum Season is the perfect companion for your yoga, mindfulness practices, and life. So tune in during your commute, while you're walking your dog, or while you're cleaning your kitchen to dive into the latest research and explore the powerful connection between your brain, body, and your best life. I'm looking forward to being in your earbuds pretty much daily as we kickstart your 2023 journey towards a happier, healthier, and more balanced you.
1: We definitely fall into those periods where we give ourselves permission to not do anything and I think that's there's that fear that if we if we ease up a little bit we're going to go there and that's where that intention piece comes in is If we're aware of what's happening, if we're like paying attention, it's hard for one day missed at the gym to turn into a month missed at the gym because our goal is not to pre-plan everything. Our goal is to show up in the moment and be like, "What, what do I need in this moment?
2: You're listening to the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast, the show that blends science and heart to bring you evidence-based tips and tricks for cultivating a healthy, wealthy, and meaningful life. Now, here's your host, therapist, yogi, and fellow full-life balancer, Dr. Caitlin Harkis.
0: Hi there. Today on Wisdom for Wellbeing, I am joined by Dr. Jessica Borshock. Dr. Jessica is a registered clinical and health psychologist, author and wellness enthusiast who works in private practice, author of numerous books on acceptance and commitment therapy, also called ACT, including the award-winning book The ACT Approach, Dr. Jessica provides ACT trainings for mental health professionals and brings ACT to the public through the Busy Mind Reboot. Dr. Jessica founded Busy Mind Reboot to help individuals access affordable methods of learning evidence-based practices, tools, and skills to get unstuck from their busy minds and live their best self. You can find this wisdom at BusyMindReboot.com, and in fact, we've got a competition going right now where you could actually win the Busy Mind Reboot course. So all you have to do to enter is leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and the review that most clearly connects one's values to their listening of this podcast is going to be the lucky winner of the Busy Mind Reboot. Make sure you enter by Tuesday the 24th and I'll announce the winner next Wednesday the 25th of March. More details can be found on wisdomforwellbeingpodcast.com. Now today's interview with Dr. Jessica talks around the concept of whole health. You know, these different dimensions that support you in cultivating vitality, well-being, and real clarity in the life that you are moving towards, that you are creating the concept of well being is interestingly timed in that we are going through the coronavirus pandemic right now, which means that there is a significant increase in the worry, the anxiety that our communities are experiencing. You know, we are more likely to be isolated, there is likely to be an interruption to our normal routines, to employment, to study, and this is really difficult. So I think that this episode is hopefully well-timed because maybe it will provide you a bit of space to reflect on how you can still embody whole health in these changing times. I do just want to highlight that if you are noticing significant changes in your mental health and your well-being or in those that you love that you're in community with, please reach out for supports. There are lots of new initiatives developing to be able to provide supports in this changing climate. For instance, I'm based in Australia. And a new Medicare item number has recently been released to allow telehealth therapy sessions. So if you are vulnerable to illness, if you are unwell, if you've been told that you should be self-isolating, or even if the therapist has been told that they should be self-isolating, there's still these options and these ways to connect. So please do take care of yourself and let's take care of each other. Let's flatten this curve and protect our vulnerable. All right. Without further ado, here is Dr. Jessica talking about all things whole health. Thank you so much for coming back on the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. I am delighted to continue this conversation. We've actually been speaking off the recording for a little while now and you know the energy is high and I really appreciate the wisdom and the sharing that you are so generously offering to myself and to, to the Wisdom for Wellbeing listeners. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited
1: to be on the podcast again. And honestly, like I just always have such a fun time talking with you. I feel like we could talk for hours and we wouldn't run out of things to say. So no. I'm excited
0: to, to share a little bit with
1: uh, the podcast listeners and what we've been
0: talking about. I know. And we were talking about how it would have been lovely if we had recorded the conversation we just had, which was so yeah. candid. But, but since we didn't, we are here now to discuss the concept of whole health. And I guess to get this this conversation moving would you mind sharing about what whole health is we've talked about it a little bit in a previous podcast but just giving us a basic outline so that the listeners who might not have heard this this concept this phrasing before have an idea of where we're going
1: absolutely so i am this is my one of my favorite topics to talk about uh because my background is in more health psychology so i think i'm naturally inclined to meld all of these things together but at its core, whole health is this idea of approaching a person as a whole person. Uh, for a long time, mental health adopted this more medical model that has a tendency to break people down into parts or symptoms, which which worked really well for understanding. Like, okay, you know, I broke my arm. What's going on? What's it supposed to look like? How do we put it back together again? But as we're starting to see a larger and larger prevalence of mental health uh, difficulties, emotional distress, uh, and chronic health conditions that aren't as easily isolated to one part of the body or one kind of symptom or even manifesting itself just as a physical symptom or just as an emotional symptom, that we need to kind of acknowledge that all of these approaches intersect with each other that how we move our body and the stuff we put into it impacts our emotional and mental health um the people we interact with and the environments we're in and the effort we're putting towards either the things that are important to us or getting distracted with some other stuff can affect our physical health and when we kind of take a step back and acknowledge it we see mental health as just one slice of this wellness pie um, that is one piece towards creating the kind of best version of ourselves. And the reason we're even focused on any of this stuff is that we all have a finite amount of time uh, on this earth and we want to make sure that we're using that time towards the things that really matter to us. And what matters to me might be different than what matters to you. And we can do that best when we are in good health, when our body, our uh, emotional, our mental, our spiritual, our social well-being are all kind of in alignment. And I'm trying not to make that sound so like Um, (laughs) woo-woo. It's not, this isn't a, a necessarily spiritual concept. It can be if that's something that's important to you, but it's really just thinking of our body's functioning is meant to come to a place of homeostasis or balance and whole health is about finding balance in
0: all the areas and manifestations that you can be okay so there's a number of components in this concept of whole health you know you've talked about um you know the body and the emotional body the mental body the spiritual body our community so that there's this interaction between all of these components and that this you know, historic concept of separating, you know, for instance, the body and the mind doesn't fit with, you know, our current research, our current understandings, and this idea of creating, you know, a meaningful life, we can't just work on one part and expect that that's going to um, buy us the life that we, we necessarily want to live.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and we see an intersection of a lot of these things. Where, for example, folks with diabetes have a high incidence of depression, and some of that might be uh, correlational in terms of, you know, maybe if you're feeling. People who are depressed and who have diabetes are I don't know, limited socially, or like there's certain things that both of them share, but it might also be the case that having your blood glucose levels be jerked around all the time can have a impact on our emotional well-being because maybe we're feeling exhausted all the time. And we are really scared about what's going to happen with our health. And we're feeling really down on ourselves because maybe our bodies aren't functioning the way that it used to. And more and more we enter this realm where we're experiencing more chronic conditions that with good science um, have the potential to be reversed or to have the impact of it limited if it's something that maybe isn't able to be uh, cured.
0: That's so interesting, isn't it? You know, I you know, you talked about diabetes and these chronic conditions. And I know inflammation is an area that is quite topical right now. And and there's a lot of research connecting inflammation with psychological distress, as well as, you know, the the physical symptoms that one would experience in their body. And um, going back, you know, in our previous conversation, we were talking about yoga, for instance. And I know that there's been some research looking at how stimulating and, you know, essentially developing um, vagal tone, which is the strength of our vagus nerve, its capacity to contract, release, that that's been associated with decreased inflammation, um, and then that's been associated with you know improved mental health as well as reduced symptoms in inflammatory conditions.
1: Yeah, but that this you know yeah. vagal nerve. Well, and it's a really exciting time because there's so much research being done, and and that can yeah. be a little because it feels like every day it's like, you know, never drink coffee, drink eight cups of coffee a day. Yeah, it fluctuates. <laughs> Do yoga, but only this type of yoga, right? There's, there's so much, um, you know, d- don't eat gluten, but eat whole grains. There's so much. It's so conflated. I feel a little bit overwhelmed sometimes, but I actually think it's, it's a really good thing because it means we're being curious and, One of the things I've taken away from my own personal, let's say, like, whole health journey, and you mentioned inflammation, and that's been something I've been working on um, the last five years. I've been dealing with some sensitivities to food, um, some, like, joint pain, stuff like that, and just kind of through trial and error, figuring out how things like stress can impact that, things like movement or lack of movement can impact that, the food I put in my body. The whole nine yards. Um, but it's also whole health is very individualized. So when we are, we are we can look at the good science to say these are things we maybe should be doing more of or should be doing less of. And we can turn those dials based on what our unique experience is. Uh, so there might be folks, you know, who are listening, who are experiencing maybe a ton of stress in their life. But You know their blood work looks good, and they're eating fairly okay, and they're getting sleep at night. And so they might be focusing more on some of these tools or skills to manage both their environment that's stressful to kind of alleviate some of that stress, and learning some practices, whether it's you know yoga, mindfulness, um, to help help them work on reducing that chronic stress. And then there might be other people who are struggling with chronic pain or um, diabetes or have a diagnosed um, you know, are, uh, autoimmune disease who are focusing maybe a little bit more on the health stuff, but are also taking time to make sure they're balancing out some of that emotional and mental well-being.
0: That's a really interesting point that, so there's, you know, different things that will draw people into this area. So, you know, it might be stress or it might be, um, a physical health condition, but that's while there would be things like managing your environment, there might be also overlap in regards to what we're doing to nurture ourselves and to keep ourselves well, that it's not going to look the same for everybody.
1: Absolutely. And we can look at the science
0: to know, like there are some things we, we do
1: know, right? Eating, um, eating more, more of a plant-based diet and less processed foods is good for everyone. Um, (laughs) Getting up and moving your body, not just exercise, but also moving our bodies, like getting up to go to the bathroom, taking a break from work and walking around the office, um, just having more movement in our life that doesn't necessarily fit in that exercise category. Um, That's been shown to help with both things like stress and uh, anxiety and, and depression, but also things like uh, heart disease and, mm. and certain kinds of cancers. Uh, and we can take these general, this general knowledge to build up our life to be as like, healthful as it can be, while also noticing what our unique needs are.
0: I really like that term healthful because it also highlights a fullness or richness to one's life. Rather than punishing, I feel like when we talk about
1: health sometimes, it's very aversive. It's very like, you know, I can never eat pizza again and I have to go running. Um, I hate running. (laughs) Like I bow down to you. It's not (laughs) your jam. (laughs) Um, but I love going rollerblading, and so yeah. I found what works for me. Um, but I, yeah, we want to. We're the goal is to build up our lives, to be the best versions of ourselves, to still enjoy life and have fun, right? We're not. We're not like just locking you up with carrots on a treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> um, the goal is to to bring bring back health as something that is beautiful and growth-based rather than something that's very punishing and or fat,
0: like a fad or a trend. Um, but it's just a lifestyle. It's really a beautiful, beautiful way of conceptualizing it. And I, I wonder if, you know, the concept of balance comes in, right? You know, you mentioned we're not just going to be like on the treadmill eating carrots, but, you know, if you're going out and you're having something that you know, a croissant with like a friend over a Mm -hmm. coffee that's fulfilling a social need and a nurturing need. And maybe in that moment, that is the best decision for that individual. And maybe at another point in time, then maybe making a salad or having a carrot is the best decision, but there would be this constant um, evaluation or awareness of what's serving oneself healthfully in a moment. Would that be it? That is
1: exactly it. That's exactly it. And I like to think of it as are we being intentional about something? So let's say I, ha- I come home, I've had a stressful day. And I'm like, I deserve pizza. Um, and I like order a whole pizza. And before I know it, I've like eaten three quarters of it. And I feel like I'm going to be sick. And all of a sudden I keep telling myself like, oh, you swore you weren't going to do this again. And I start beating myself up. And it creates this very toxic environment where we're just very react we're reactive to all the stuff that's happening but if i've had a long stressful day and i come home and i'm like you know i was going to cook dinner but i it, it's just it's not happening tonight <laughs> yeah. and i'm going to give myself permission to not cook dinner and to relax a little bit you know i've worked really hard today i'm going to get pizza and i'm going to be intentional about eating it i'm going to get the best pizza Um, that I could get near me. Um, I'm going to enjoy it and actually eat it, not scarf it down in front of the television when I'm not paying attention. And I'm going to acknowledge this as like a gift I'm giving to myself. And what happens when we're intentional about these decisions that we're making, intentional about finding this balance, is we appreciate it more. We've we value that moment that we're having where we're, you know, eating a buttery croissant or eating pizza um, or we're having a little, you know, late night dessert or something. We end up eating less of it. We end up feeling less terrible afterwards because it's, it's something that we've consciously and intentionally given ourselves permission to have. And we know it's part of the plan. We're allowed to have pizza every once in a while. We're allowed to binge watch, you know, television shows on, uh, on the Netflix. couch on a, <laughs> yeah. on a rainy Sunday. We're, we're, that's part of the plan rather than whatever I'm feeling or whatever time constraints I have just overtake whatever plan I've had and blow it up. And then we say, oh, well, I ate pizza. I ruined my diet. I'm just going to eat all the food I have in the house so by being intentional and acknowledging what's happening in the moment even if it's it's something that's maybe more indulgent or maybe not let's say like on the list of best practices we it becomes part of this bigger plan and we end up actually finding more balance rather than yo-yoing between being super restrictive in any area of our life health mental health spiritual health social whatever it is and then totally crashing because we can't maintain it.
0: So the idea is to find this balance, this, this, Gentle pendulum swing rather than you know going from super restriction the yo yo to you know giving giving that up because it's not conducive and then crashing and burning on the other side of things going and eating you know one's entire house of every little bit of chocolate that might be stashed away there um, because the decision to order pizza was made. It's a really interesting framework and the idea of you know being intentional and accepting it's really kind, it's really generous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I don't want to go through life and never eat pizza again. Yeah. I know that this is really <laughs> terrible, but, you know, ask any one of my friends. I love pizza. Um, that's but I also I also have things I want to achieve in my life. And eating pizza all the time. It doesn't make me feel good. But by having this balance and by acknowledging, being, yeah, being kind and gentle to ourselves and giving ourselves a little slack, we are able to meet our goals more and not add to our stress. Because if I go home and I'm stressed and I just like inhale that pizza, not pay attention to it at all, not only am I still stressed, but I'm now beating myself up for having like binge eating something. And I feel even worse. We're adding to that stress. But if I can acknowledge to myself, like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing, or, you know, I'm normally really good about going to the gym, but this holiday season or, or this work week has been super overwhelming. And I just want to give myself a break to do something else kind to myself. It allows us to maintain for a lot longer. (laughs) Uh, We have this fear, though, that if we're not hard on ourselves, then we're just going to completely devolve into these, like, animals that are gluttonous and uh, sloth-like and don't do anything. Like, we have horrible viewpoints of who we are at our core. And, And I'm, like, I will admit, I am, I can be a very, you know, lazy person. I, I enjoy lounge and pout. But I think we also need to give ourselves a little bit more credit and let go of this tightly held control that like, if I don't control every aspect of my life, it's just going to implode and horrible things will happen. Because what I found and what a lot of my clients have found is that when we actually give ourselves some compassion we're like nice to ourselves, we give ourselves a break, we are aware of what's happening, the world doesn't fall apart. We're actually able to let go of some of that weight that's been holding us down for such a long time.
0: It's really interesting. And I wonder, like, there's a relationship between, you know, positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement, this idea of, you know, really bullying ourselves into doing something and how, you know, if we fall off the wagon, so to speak, we get to the holidays, and maybe we, you know, curl up and watch a few more Netflix episodes and go to the gym a little bit less that if we've been really hard on ourselves, then that might demotivate us to go back to the gym, let's say Monday or the next day, if we haven't lived up to this, you know, standard of perfection that we were aiming for. Versus if we positively, you know, frame it and go, oh well, like, you know, let's go today. Like it's okay. Like that was what was needed in those moments in time. You know, it's not the end of the world. This this kindness and this idea of connecting in. You know, you mentioned that while you love love pizza, that you know that you have these other things that you love in your life. Connecting in with some of those values or the other things that we want to do in life. That that might be that positive reinforcement we can offer to ourselves to engage in certain activities.
1: Yeah, and it's it's this we fear that if we give ourselves any slack, then everything's gonna fall apart. But doesn't it feel nice when someone's nice to you? <laughs> like, <laughs> it feel nice to be nice to yourself, and and by adding in that intention piece, because if we do just constantly give ourselves like permission to not do things, we can for sure fall into a rut where we haven't been to the gym in a month and we haven't, um, we were late for our yearly checkup with our doctor and we're not meditating anymore. Like we can definitely fall into those periods where we give ourselves permission to not do anything. And I think that's, there's that fear that if we if we ease up a little bit, we're gonna go there. And that's where that intention piece comes in is if we're aware of what's happening, if we're like paying attention, it's hard for one day missed at the gym to turn into a month missed at the gym because our goal is not to pre-plan everything. Our goal is to show up in the moment and be like, what, what do I need in this moment? And maybe going to the gym isn't. Like that's a huge stress reliever of exercising. Yeah. And maybe we need to call on our awareness that I always hate starting going to the gym, but once I'm there, I'm really glad I went and allowing ourselves to be present with that knowledge and move forward. And if you're finding it hard to be nice to yourself, I always encourage you to find, like, if you have someone in your life who's who's like, a genuinely wonderful person, um, or maybe your younger self, like, if you view your, let's say, you know, your Yourself as a child, or yourself as a teenager, or in their early 20s, like just starting out and doing the best they can. Um, asking yourself, like, if this person came to me and said, Hey, you know, I'm not going to go to the gym today, I'm feeling, or, or I'm feeling really overwhelmed at work, what would you say to that person? Because we are by far kinder to other people than we are to ourselves. So if that language is a little bit difficult at first, because we've been beating ourselves up for so long, pick someone who, who you know is doing the best they can and have them ask that question in your mind and then respond to them and then follow through with whatever you would tell them to do. So oftentimes I'll have like my best friend or like a younger version of myself in my mind If I'm being a little extra mean to myself to make sure that I'm practicing uh, finding this balance and being intentional and being nice to myself.
0: That's a really beautiful tool that individuals, I'm sure, will connect with, having this sense of a younger self or someone they care very deeply about, you know, what what will we share with them? What will we tell that person in the moment? And bringing in that awareness. I also really liked the in you know, point you made around how maybe in the moment going to the gym might be the right decision, you know, if you're mm-hmm. feeling overwhelmed and stressed, and that, that the gym might be this, this place for managing one's stress, that it might be effective for an individual, and I guess choosing actions that are effective for us, but how do we? Yeah, I guess could you talk a little bit about the concept of values because I suppose that's going to ultimately link back to the actions that we decide might be might be serving us in a moment.
1: Totally, totally. So our our values are the who and the what that matter to us, um, as well as the qualities and characteristics that we want to be about. And so, so what I, you know, some examples like health could be a value, um, or um, you know, being a hardworking person can be a value, or being a good listener can be a value. Um, all of these things that we want to aspire to. So they're not goals that we check off, right? A value is not go to the gym three times per week. That's a goal that might help take us to in the direction of being healthful. Um, but we are always on this journey towards our values. So. Our values are like our true north. It's the direction that we're moving towards. And then our goals are like the mile markers along the way. So we are always aspiring to move towards our values. And if we view it kind of like as this road, as this true north, you know, sometimes we'll have to take a little bit of a detour. (laughs) Sometimes it's going (laughs) to take us a little bit longer to get there. Sometimes the quickest route, um, like let's say we're trying to get in better health, The quickest route might be diet and exercise changes, but maybe we're struggling with chronic pain. And so we're limited in what types of exercises or activity we can do. It doesn't mean we can't move towards being healthier. It just means we have to take a different approach to it. So I, whenever we have any type of, of health approach or life approach really is having clear in mind, like what are our values related to this? What's our true north that we're moving towards? And then if one of those options that we would take to get towards that is blocked off, like, let's say it's the holidays and the gyms close. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, There are still other ways, other steps we can take to move in that direction. And that's where this like awareness intention and values come together is that if we're paying attention To what we're doing in the moment, we are. It's easier for us to pick behaviors to do that are consistent with our values and serve us in the long term, right? With that example of like me stress eating pizza, that's like a short term reaction. It's like a one two punch, right? and I eat pizza, and it happens before I even notice it's happening. Um, And this could be, like, you talked a lot about physical and mental health, but this could be in our social health, right? We get maybe into a cyclical argument with people. Right, we feel a certain way, or someone says something, and before the, we even know the words have formed in our head, they're coming out of our mouth. <laughs> yeah. We also know that as much as we won't put them back in our mouth, we cannot undo that once they come out. Um, and so, this is what's happening when we're living life without slowing down, without being intentional about what we're doing. So, if we can kind of slow down and just notice, like, oh, hey, I know when I'm stressed out, I normally go home and binge eat a whole pizza but that really makes me feel worse overall and isn't taking me towards being a more helpful person. What can I do instead? And so it's, it's in every moment asking myself, what can I do in this moment to take me one step closer towards the type of life I want to live towards my values. And so when we bring those two together, it allows us to be aware of and, be careful around some of these
0: kind of short-term traps we might fall into. I think that's a really, a really beautiful way of, of linking it. So we've got the awareness, the intentions, and the values. And ultimately, it's this awareness of what's happening for us in the moment, our intention and the action that allows us to move towards our values. So I, I guess with regards to the social element, for instance, because we have talked a little bit about physical health and mental health, and there is the example of you know something sort of slipping out of our mouth before um, mm-hmm. before we had the chance to maybe reflect on what the impact of that um, articulation might be. You know, I I also wonder social health seems very at least in my experience connected with mental health because mm-hmm. the individuals that we surround ourselves influence so greatly how we're feeling, as well as when we may not be feeling our best, our motivation or capacity to go and engage in social interaction is is limited, or at least impacted. So I wonder if we could talk around social and community elements in this concept of whole health, because we forget about it sometimes. Absolutely, and it's and
1: so you, it's interesting. You mentioned it impacts our emotional health, but it also impacts our physical health. Um, so way back when I was in grad school a couple of years ago, um, I used to be an obesity researcher. That was the um, you know my dissertation was on physical activity. Um, we used to run weight loss groups. A lot of fun. A lot of wonderful human beings that I got to interact with and work with. And one of the things that Research has shown us is that we tend to have very similar health habits of the people that we surround ourselves with. Um, So, you know, Kaylin, you and I were talking off air a little bit. I'm trying to figure out like where I want to live, and I'm trying to um, identify a city that I might might want to move to that has. Uh, that is more health conscious where the people are more inclined to be more active, where there's a more variety of types of like health foods, because we know a lot of people live in health deserts and they don't have access to, 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 you know, non-processed foods, for example. And the reason I wanted to do that is because we, we can be healthy in environments that are, um very unhealthy or that promote unhealthful behaviors, but it's a lot harder and takes a mm-hmm. lot more effort. Uh, and we found that like research has found that for example, if your friends are obese, you're more likely to be obese as well. Uh, and this is because we engage around the same social norms. We engage in similar activities. Um, Maybe we're in a certain type of environment where we don't have access to certain um, activities or foods, but who we interact with and what our environment looks like can play a big factor in um, how easy it is or, or what decisions we make towards moving uh, forward and meeting our values, and like this isn't to say like dump all of your friends and like move, uh, <laughs> which would be its own its own concerns. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's very hard to make friends as an adult. Do not of friends, <laughs> and we uh, do need social contact. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and and similarly, if we're very socially isolated, this can impact. Like, we are social creatures. We're, you know, we're pack animals. We're not the lone wolf wandering around by ourselves. Um, We need human interaction and connection. It is part of what keeps us healthy and, and in a good space. And so we want to make sure that, one, we're creating social circles that are supportive of us, that are... Encourage uh, encouraging, even if they're not doing the same behaviors or they're on kind of a different journey, but that they're there for you. And that can be a really hard thing to do is take a step back and say, like, are these people that I'm spending so much of my time with, are they treating me well? Are they supporting the goals that I have? Or do they, you know, put me down and shame me when I try to make any changes? Those are difficult realities to face, particularly if we are already feeling isolated and we're like, hey, like I only have these two friends. I don't want to lose them and then be by myself. But it is something to kind of take a step back and be aware of how are we spending our time and who are we spending our time with. And you might be surprised that if you are feeling this urge to make any kind of change, whether it's for your uh, emotional, mental health, whether it's for um, spiritual health, or whether it's for your physical health, that some people in your social circle, particularly if you feel very connected with them, might be feeling the same way. And you can definitely shift trends in your social groups, but it takes one person to kind of speak up and explain why you're doing this and um, offer alternative solutions, And that can help both with our physical health. So maybe doing different activities with friends, um, going to different types of restaurants or different cafes when you're getting together, maybe not drinking as much, Like one of your goals might be reducing alcohol consumption. And it can be really good for your emotional health of, am I getting the support from people who are important to me in my life? How I've been feeling in a real slump or really stressed out at work and going to work 24-7 and I haven't seen my friends or talked to my family in a really long time. Uh, So if we can kind of pause and begin to evaluate what our social network is. We can see what things need to be strengthened
0: and what things maybe need to be either let go of or modified in some way. That's so many levels and layers. And I think that's really a lovely synopsis of what what can go on in regards to our social connections. You know that there's this opportunity to step back and to actually look at how how our social connection is serving us um, and that there's certain things we might be you know, doing if we look at our social connections, feel like we are connected to our friends, our family, but perhaps maybe our value of health may not be um, being expressed in this domain as easily. So maybe there's an opportunity to start to shift some of the social trends and maybe people are going to jump on board with that. Could also be the case that we might not be feeling supported and like we're being treated in a way that is helpful or helpful for us. And then we might have to evaluate whether these relationships are supportive and conducive long-term. And then, you know, as, as we said, you know, it's hard to make friends as an adult, but maybe that is going to be something we start looking into, finding avenues to make new connections and to meet people where we have an alignment in our values.
1: Yeah. And if we... So yeah, what, and I I love how you perfectly summarized that and also made me aware that I was spending a lot of time talking. Oh, um, <laughs> good. But we uh, we also, if you're looking at your friendships and you're noticing like, hey, I spend a lot of time with you know group A because they're like loud and fun and we go out and we drink and we eat awesome food and all of this kind of stuff. But whenever I bring up things that I'm struggling with, or I, I just want someone to listen to me. They're not really good at that. But this other friend over here is really wonderful, but maybe they're, they're not as outgoing or they're not, it's like, you know, one so on one, to it's not a huge group. Is also looking at like where you put your effort in friendships. We, we only have a finite amount of energy to put towards relationships and different people have different, kind of levels and how much they want to be around other people. So it might just be shifting some of that energy to be building up those connections, even if they're very small at the beginning, but building up those connections where you know this person's very supportive or they're living their life in line with the type of values that you want
0: to have. Um, So it could just be kind of shifting around some of that, some of that friend energy. That's a really nice way of putting it and highlighting that different different friends or different social connections might serve different needs, you know. Some some mm-hmm. friends might be really empathetic, easy to talk to, some friends, you know, might be fun to go out with, you know, someone might be a great gym or adventure buddy, and someone might, you know, have a hammer and nail and help you <laughs> help you hang a photo around the house or whatever it may be that, Absolutely. that different people can offer different things. And as you highlighted, that it helps to explore where we're going to invest that energy because we do have this finite time period. Absolutely. And, and it's okay to just have a friend that you like go
1: to the gym with. Uh, you don't, every relationship doesn't have to be like a super incredibly intimate, vulnerable, like supportive thing. Like you might want to have friends that you, you know, go out and get drinks with, um, but just recognize how their what their function is in, in your life. So that you know, if you're feeling down, you want to have someone pull you out, message that friend who's, you know, likely to kind of bully you until you go out to hang out with them. Um, and don't expect something from someone that's never given that to you. Like, Don't expect that fun friend who's um, maybe not good at listening to suddenly become an expert at listening because then you're setting yourself up for disappointment.
0: That's a really interesting point as well, that there's um, an awareness around that. And it sounds like an intentionality you describe in messaging the friend who's going to get you out of the house if that's what you need, but also mm-hmm. an intentionality in, you know, knowing if this friend isn't likely to provide what I need in this moment, then maybe that's not where I seek support because that could help me less, you know, in reaching out in that way or having that expectation. Yeah.
1: And, and when we talk about Whole health. I mean, we've talked about a lot of different topics and I love it and they all blend together perfectly, but I I also want to stress, like you don't need to do all of this at once.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Super (laughs) overwhelming afternoon for listeners.
1: We we don't want this podcast episode to be more stressful for you. Um, (laughs) We're laying out all the different ways that you might Enhance your life. Look at your life in a different way. Look at different behaviors or people that you're spending time with. And you choose for you, like pick one thing that you want to work on growing or including more of or becoming more aware or intentional about and just start with that. And it can be something really small and then build from there. So we're not going from like zero to 100. We're going from like zero to 10. And then we're working our way up from there. Uh, Because wherever you start, you can always get to wherever you want to go. There just might be
0: more steps in between than you think. That's a really nice reminder, I think, to pick an area that feels like it's resonating with you through this conversation and, and an area where you can see a step. Because we know that if we break goals down and we sort of half them are actually more likely to make the whole thing. We need a little bit of momentum to keep us going. So you want to choose something that's reasonable for you to, to take a step towards rather than something that at this point in time maybe feels so overwhelming that it's it's almost, you know, I'll put it off till tomorrow. We want to make a little bit of a change exactly exactly yeah we're not we're not trying to eat the whole pie at once I guess just to highlight a little bit more about what actually is in this pie that we are that we are talking about that we're gonna take one bite of rather than you know go consuming the whole bunch the element of spirituality I'm interested in unpacking this a little because for some people that's a really important area of their lives for others they hear that and there's a lot of um, religious connotation that may not resonate with them. So I'm curious if we could explore that a little bit and how it might fit different individuals' worldviews. Absolutely. So there are, uh, and I that was beautifully put, but
1: there, so there are some people who are um, a part of specific religious organizations, let's say. So we might think of like Christianity and there's a church that you go to and you have a certain service and it's very clear um, what the behaviors associated with, with moving towards and being connected with your faith and maybe praying and maybe going to church and maybe reading the Bible or doing a Bible study or, um, talking to your, you know, pastor or a priest. And that can be a little bit more clear for people who, who have those beliefs, right? And if you do, that's wonderful. And if you don't, that's also wonderful. Um, where people sometimes feel uncertain is maybe they don't um, they they don't feel a part of a specific kind of organization around like religion, but they have maybe they believe in God and they feel um, a connection to God or the world or nature in some type of way and that's a space where people sometimes struggle to find out like what does this mean to me and there is not, there's not one right answer. I think folks who fall into kind of this more spiritual realm, part of maybe moving towards that slice of the pie is taking some time to explore. Think about what is important to you. Have those existential conversations with with friends. Um, Go and sit in on a... um, service right go into a a church and a mosque and a synagogue and a temple and and see what's out there and explore read different texts Uh, go for a walk outside and appreciate nature there are many ways for us to define or connect with this idea of something being bigger than who we are or Or a lot of times, spirituality is finding our purpose in life. And that doesn't necessarily need to be a higher power. It can be a uh, zooming in to maybe one value that's really important to us. Maybe service um, or building up a safe community is something that you feel like is your calling or your passion. And that can be in many ways a spiritual experience. Uh, People who, for example, don't believe in God at all can still connect with this idea of what is our bigger purpose. And I think it's just one aspect of this values conversation that we have, right? Because what decides what's meaningful to us is what we view in part of what is our purpose here. Or what should we be spending our time doing or how do I want to be, um, as in terms of morally, like, where's my moral compass and which way does it point? And so for folks who aren't in a spot where they feel very, let's say, confident in what they believe in and what the practices of that belief are, um, Take some time to, to explore, to have conversations with different people and know that you don't have to the, have, the, have to have the answer tomorrow. And it might change over time um, as you spend more time thinking about it. And it also might be the case that that's a very small slice of the pie that you, you know,
0: bite into every once Yeah, later. no, that's a really interesting point too, is that the, the pie slices might change and And such an inclusive view, like this idea that, you know, we might be able to explore different elements. Some things may resonate with us, some things may not, but that, you know, while the pie slice might change, having clarity in, you know, our purpose and our morals might be the element that provides us some nourishment on that front, you know, that it doesn't necessarily have to be the church or the synagogue, but that they might be places where we can explore and see what is going to resonate with us. You know, that going out into nature might be amazing for us. You know, maybe for some people it's getting on the water and surfing. You know, I always hear surfers. I don't actually try, but I do not surf on space and it's nothing but a survival experience for me. But for some people that's like, that is their connection. That is their zone. And for every individual, it might be figuring out where you connect with this sense of being, you know, greater than yourself, even if it is in purpose rather than on, you know, a pew.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And there are no right or wrong answers. Because I'm, and and someone always challenges me on this. Someone's always like, well, what if my value is murder? I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. What if if my church is the church of killing everyone? Right? Like, uh, uh, does that fill you up? (laughs) Come up with something like that, right? Even if someone was like, you know, I value killing people. There's something under there that's meaningful, right? Maybe it's just like this curiosity of understanding, like how people work, um, yeah. or maybe it's this m- this moral justice that we have of like seeing, of wanting to make sure that people who um, harm others or are predators are held accountable for. Right? Killing's just one way, <laughs> <a> bad way, <laughs> not recommended at all. that we move, that we move in that direction, right? So when we talk about values again, we're talking about what we're constantly moving towards. And then there are lots of different behaviors that take us in that direction. Um, And that can change over time. And I just wanted to bring that up because I know there's someone who's listening to this who is going to have some
0: kind of like devil's advocate
1: kind,
0: <laughs> kind of conversation. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I am, um, I had a conversation with David Allen and I don't know whether that will air before or after this episode, but um, it will be out there. And I can put that as a little note in the, uh-huh. the show notes whenever I figure that out, but a, I mentioned, oh, you know, like buying the cat food is like a small thing. And he's like, well, you know, maybe, but it could also be something that's very much in alignment with your values because you think of why you're buying the cat food is that you have the cat. And how does that sort of fit in your value picture that you, you know, are supporting this individual and doting on this, this creature and you enjoy cuddling with the cat that sometimes you know, the actions that we're taking when we step back, you know, are all part of this valued-led life if we fill in the blanks and connect the dots, so to speak. So, you know, we might use the example of cat food or we might use the example of murder, but when we start to pair these things apart, we might find that there's something bigger underlying these actions.
1: Yeah, a lot of times when we start this process of kind of questioning ourselves and, and exploring, we stop too soon. Um, we often stop with behaviors. So like the actions that we take or the things that we do, and we don't get to the core of like why we do this thing. Um, so I, I went to a, I did like a leadership training or a, a it was like a group communication training a while ago. I, I wish I remembered what it was to appropriately credit it. Um, but we were coming up with a goal for a Um, I was a part of this team, we were coming up with this project and we came up with a goal and they had us ask, I think three times, why is that important? Or like, why does this matter? Or why are you doing this? And the first couple whys, you come up with kind of more generic, um, more very closely linked to whatever the behavior is, right? So we could say like, why are you going to the gym? Well, like exercise is important to me. Okay, why is exercise important to me? Well, my health is important to me. Why is your health important to you? Well, I have young kids and I want to be alive to see them graduate from school and run around with my grandkids one day and be able to do it without maybe being stuck in a wheelchair like, you know, my dad was. Okay, so it's not even health, actually, that's the value. It's, it's your family. And health is actually one of the behaviors that you're one of the things you're moving towards to show up for your family. And that's just one example. But if you're feeling ever stuck, or you're feeling like there's not really any purpose or meaning in what I'm doing, I feel just kind of floating all over the place. And you can even write it out, but stop and ask yourself, why does this matter? Why am I doing this? A couple of times, more times than you think you should ask yourself it, to dig a little bit deeper to find what's driving this.
0: I think that's a beautiful takeaway, you know, activity that people could be doing after Mm -hmm. the episode or pausing if you, you know, are not in the middle of transit (laughs) or something, but that maybe the values we have, you know, the who and the what matters and these characteristics, maybe if we take a moment to ask why in regards to our behaviors, we really get to the heart of that much more quickly and more effectively than if we're just trying to draw it on a blank slate.
1: Exactly. And we also, it works in the other direction of why do we keep doing things that maybe aren't serving us? Um, like alcoholism is a great example. I'm just going for real dark things today, but makes um, it clear we need we need the clarity. So thank you. But but people like I've I've um, done tr- uh, classes in inpatient substance use clinics, and we'll talk often people who are struggling with alcoholism will berate themselves and say, you know, you know, I've lost my home. I've lost my family. Why do I keep doing this thing? Like, why do I keep doing it? And when you really get to the bottom of it, it's, I want, I'm it's a good way to escape something I don't want to deal with. And that can also give you some insight into maybe what you want to be putting a little bit more effort into working on, right? Maybe like making that a bigger slice of the pie Maybe it's chronic pain that we're drinking to like dull the sensation of or maybe we're we've experienced trauma in our past and we're drinking So we don't have to think But that's not a great sustainable Solution it's a short-term solution um, but it's more of a band-aid for a giant (laughs) gaping wound Um, and What it does is we acknowledge both that like some of the stuff that we're doing that doesn't feel great is actually serving a purpose It's just not helping us achieve our goals or move towards our values in the long term. So how can we develop tools or understanding or approaches to better cope
0: with that stuff that allows
1: us to move forward in our life?
0: That's a really nice summary as well, so that we have this place where our next step is to develop tools and understanding to help us better move forward in the areas that are in alignment with our values. Would it be okay if we use the last you know, few minutes of our time together to look at what maybe a couple of tools are that listeners could take away and use just to start down this path of cultivating the pie that is their whole health?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, I am a big proponent of writing things down. I think there's something about just like seeing your own handwriting, scribbling on a piece of paper um, that really helps you gain a new perspective on something. So, a couple of exercises that can be helpful is if you have a couple of behaviors in mind that you want to start doing more of already. So, maybe it's like going to the gym three times a week or whatever it is, eating more broccoli. <laughs> asking yourself that why question, but actually writing it down, like taking a couple of minutes, writing down, like, okay, I want to do this behavior more. And then asking yourself like, well, why is, why does that matter? Why is that important? And then you come up with an answer asking why again, asking why again. And you can do this for a couple of behaviors that you want to start moving towards. Um, Cause we're good at coming up with goals, but the val- connecting it to values can be hard. And so what that exercise does is it helps you take a specific goal and connect it with something that's really meaningful in your life. And then you could, you know, write that out on your phone, put a post-it somewhere and use that of every time you tell yourself like, oh, I'm just going to skip the gym or like, oh, I don't, I don't need to do this today is you can look at that post-it or that reminder on your phone and go like, I'm doing this because this specific thing is meaningful to me. And what that does is it helps pull you into the present moment to be intentional about whether you say like, "Yep, I'm going to go to the gym today or like, no, it's okay. I'm giving myself permission to not go. If there are certain behaviors that you're doing now that you want to reduce. So maybe like sitting on the couch and watching Netflix for four hours before you go to sleep or staying up really late, scrolling through your phone um, on Instagram uh, or drinking, or smoking cigarettes, or canceling last-minute plans with friends, so you never see your friends at all. If there are some behaviors that you're struggling with, do the same thing. Write them down at the top. Ask yourself, why are you doing this? Why does this matter? Three times, and then whatever you come up with at the bottom, I'm guessing some of it could is either a a thought, a feeling, a memory, or a physical sensation. So. I feel exhausted, right? It's a physical sensation. I'm having the thought that, um, you know, no one wants to be around me. I'm boring. I have a a memory of, uh, you know, a trauma memory, or I have a memory of not having fun last time, maybe. Um, And I have a feeling of uh, emptiness or a feeling of sadness or a feeling of anxiety, when you have those identified, take some time to think about when they show up in your life and what you would like to do in response to them. Um, what that is, again, doing is helping you be a little bit more aware. And if you don't know what to do in response to them, it could be helpful to seek professional help. Um, so talk with a mental health thera- um, mental health therapist, um, using an app like Headspace and getting a mindfulness practice in to maybe help sit with some of that discomfort. Um, I have a, you know, a course on, I always feel like I'm super. (laughs) No tell us
0: about the busy mind reboot because I think this is really accessible.
1: I have a a 30 day course called busy mind reboot. Um, it's completely self-directed. So every day you get a 10 minute video, a 10 minute, um, you know, present moment awareness practice and a little noticing exercise for the day. So I have a a phone wallpaper that you put on your lock screen every day because we look at our phone a million times and just- to practice reinforcing the skills and that can build up um, a big toolbox for dealing with a lot of different things, kind of getting out of your head a little bit and moving towards living your best self. Um, And you can find that at busymindreboot.com as well as a bunch of free resources.
0: Um, Would you mind sharing a little bit about the busy mind insiders club? Because I think that that that's such a fantastic offering.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you subscribe and become a Busy Mind Insider, I have a lot of free resources, um, free meditations, videos, worksheets, all of that kind of stuff. But really, it's just starting with a piece of paper and a pen. Uh, Because if we can break down some of these things that otherwise feel overwhelming, um, we can begin to identify what are some tools we need, right? What are some areas that we're maybe lacking a little bit that we need to build up? um, lacking is not a good word. What are some areas that we're like, we need to grow a little bit more in, Mm -hmm. uh, and then why does it matter that we're moving in this new direction? What gives this meaning and purpose? And if we can figure out those two things, we can, one, you're already working on building that awareness. And then you can take that awareness and be a little bit more intentional about what you do in those moments when that stuff shows up. And eventually what'll happen is you'll find a bit more balance and you'll move towards
0: your values. Uh, And it's it's not easy, but it is simple. I think that's such a fantastic place to start, you know, this concept of actually writing things down to have it in your handwriting that you give yourself that time and space and you go through looking at the behaviors you would like to do and exploring the whys, you know, plural, many many Mm -hmm. layers of the whys. Yes, and then, (laughs) ticking deep and looking at the behaviors you're engaging in that you might not believe are serving you in the moment and exploring why, what is the function that they're serving in your life right now and getting to that layer you know, the thoughts, the feelings, you know, the physical sensations that might be coming up and and learning then how to make space for those experiences in a way that might be more in service of one's values, you know, the underlying pinning of those whys Mm -hmm. um, and reaching out if it feels like it's too much, maybe reaching out to a professional or engaging, you know, with a Headspace app or, you know, Busy Mind Reboot. All of this will be in the show notes, of course, for the listeners who are thinking, I need my pen now to write this down. Um, I think that's a really great place to start, and I also think that's going to highlight to people where they're at in regards to this whole health, you know, picture. You know, we've been referencing as as a piece of pie, and we're having this um, interview very close to the holiday season, so maybe maybe that's why this um, analogy, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> pumpkin pie is um, is showing up for us. But this idea that there are different components in our lives that contribute to a state of whole healthness for us, mm-hmm. and that. It's worth taking the time to reflect on what you're doing to take care of, you know, your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, your spiritual body, and of course, connecting with and cultivating a community that is in alignment with where you would like to go, and supporting you in this journey that is your life.
1: Yeah, and and to uh, to adapt the the very common "how do you eat an elephant"
0: quote, I'm going to say like, "How do you eat a pie?" one yeah. bite at a time <laughs> and the takeaway of course from this episode is you can come back and listen to this episode as many times as serves you but today just finding that one bite you know rather mm-hmm. than rather than trying to take the whole thing and know that maybe there was one little takeaway and maybe it's this writing things down and unpeeling the whys is where you start and coming back when you need a top up <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely i think that's and i think that 's a good lesson for myself as well and maybe maybe for you as well um, is is to remember that it's just it 's just one step one bite at a time, um, and you can
0: you can eat a whole pie that way before you know it i think it 's a fantastic reminder for myself as well. I think sometimes you know we talked a little bit about as well this idea that it's helpful to remind ourselves that we're all sort of in this together, you know, advice that's good for the goose is good for the gander, so to speak.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we're all working on our own pies. Uh, <laughs> I, I am not the all-knowing uh, baker who does have to work. I'm just real diving into this pie metaphor, but uh, we're, we're, we're all on our own journeys and they, the specifics might look different, but the journey themselves are all surprisingly similar. Yeah. So if you're ever feeling alone in all of this, I can guarantee you I've been there. I am there. I'm, I'm working on it too. Um, and some people may be a couple steps ahead of you and, and some people may be a couple steps behind you, but we're all trying to move in the same direction.
0: That is such a beautiful note to finish up on Jessica. And yeah, I just wanted to thank you so much for your time and your generosity again in sharing with um, the Wisdom for Wellbeing community and on the podcast here today, because what you've shared around whole health has been invaluable to me. I know that there's some journaling I'm going to have to do after this episode myself. (laughs) So thank you very much for your wisdom.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on again. I have absolutely loved it. And I I, I love talking to you as always.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episodes with Dr. Jessica. She does such a fantastic job of explaining complex ideas in a really accessible manner. And I think the concept of whole health is so vital to our well-being. You know, we know our minds and bodies are connected. So it's nice to have a framework that can motivate us to take steps to ensure that we are acting in accordance with our values and moving towards the life that we want to create in all these different important dimensions of our lives. As mentioned earlier, if you would like to go into the running to win a busy mind reboot course from Dr. Jessica herself, please leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And the review that most interestingly connects your values to the podcast itself is going to be the winner. So make sure you enter and go into the running. All right. I'll look forward to connecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.
2: Thanks for joining us this week on the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. Please visit drcaitlin.com to connect find show notes other episodes and to subscribe while you're at it if you find value in the show we'd appreciate a rating or perhaps simply tell a friend about the show wisdom for well-being is not a substitute for professional individualized mental health treatment if you are in crisis please contact 000 your local emergency number if you are outside of australia or attend your local hospital ed